Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. What the hell is happening with Hollywood, cinemas, live events, music, sport, and the public appetite to get out and be entertained? With us today is the CEO of Hoyt's, Damien Keogh, and Jeff Jones, CEO of TEG Group, the sprawling entertainment, ticketing, and data business with operations in seven international markets. Both of these company leaders have been smashed by the pandemic in the past year, but have big plans for coming out of the crisis. And both say Australia is leading the world for the their respective sectors in shaping up for a post-COVID environment. Both are also convinced the public appetite for getting out and about is unwavering. So what next? And this is what we're going to have a chat to these gents too about right now. Welcome both and thanks for joining. To Damien first, we spoke, I think, in April last year, Damien, on this podcast. And at the time, you were hoping that last June or July was when you could reopen your cinemas and things would be some light at the end of the tunnel. It hasn't quite panned out like that. Uh, what's the thinking now, uh, DK? Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think we shut all our cinemas nationally in March last year and, and while we opened the majority of them with the exception of Melbourne in, in June, July, what we found out very quickly was what this virus was showing was that as a as a global industry in cinema, we were reliant on overseas releases of content and they've been few and far between. Um, the majority of content's been pushed back, so that's good news for our industry uh, however, we're now, we limped through uh, most of the year. We had a, a reasonable Christmas Boxing Day, um, some good releases there, but we're probably seeing the, the full slate, and it looks like a powerful slate, uh, releasing sometime from June onwards this year, and the rest of 2021 and 2022 look very solid at this stage. What does that slate look like from June onwards, Damien? I think um, we're all waiting for Bond. That's coming, right? Absolutely. Well, Bond's been moved. Originally, it was March 2020, then it was uh, November 2020, now it's October 2021. So fingers crossed that goes. We've got a, a Top Gun sequel that we're, we're looking forward to, um, the Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson, which is a Marvel one. We've got a Fast and Furious. Uh, we've got a Ghostbusters. We've got a bunch of great kids movies. So we've got a lot of content up our sleeve. Um, it's just really getting the virus numbers down in... Europe and, and America. I was talking to the AMC CEO from the US the other day and they've got a big cinema business in Europe and he was saying 80% of their cinemas are still shut across England and the rest of Europe. So really Hollywood's waiting for those cinemas to open up. The, the numbers here haven't been too bad considering some of the COVID limitations we've had. Capacity, you're at 35 40%. Damien, is that right? It varies actually state to state. So we've got a myriad of different operational limitations that we've got to grapple with on a continuous basis. Uh, we've gone down to two square metres in, 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 in New South Wales. We're back up to one per four square metres. So roughly around 50%. But to be honest, capacity really hasn't been the issue. Um, it, it really has been a content issue. But probably what gives me a lot of confidence, and it'll be interesting to hear from Jeff as well, is that... As virus numbers uh, get under control, you can see the confidence of the consumer and not only the confidence but certainly the desire of the consumer to come out 
and embrace these entertainment forms again. In terms of what you've seen since Christmas or over the Christmas break, I think you had Wonder Woman and a few others come through. That's that's and local uh, local cinema, uh, local movies are, are are doing okay, which is a little bit surprising. Most of the box office through um, Boxing Day in January has been dominated by three or four movies, and normally you'd have much more depth than that. So Wonder Woman had a lot of clear air. That's over 24 million at the box office at the moment. Uh, the Crudes, a family movie, done particularly well. That's in excess of 18 and very excited about the performance of The Dry starring Eric Banner, a, a local movie. Uh, it's shot through 13 million. It Probably by the time this goes to where it'd be the other side of 14 million and really good chance of, of getting to 18 million, which will put it up as one of the probably the top five or six box office movies in the history of Australian cinema. So what are we looking at, Damien, in terms of box office year on year or prior to COVID? Are you at 30% on that then in terms of um, people attendances? Yeah, about that. I think since we locked down in March, uh, the number for the remainder of 2020 was roughly um, 30%. Um, The industry as a whole was down 65% in 2020. So $1.2 billion industry decimated down to just over $400 million a box office in 2020. Uh, so far for 2021, we're, we're, we're basically against a four-year average. We're, we're, we're at about 37% of what we'd normally be doing. So we're fingers crossed now, probably second half this year, we get back to maybe 80% plus of where we were previously. I'll come back to you, DK, on some of the what's next and some of the interesting things you've got cooking. But Jeff Jones, live events, entertainment, exhibitions and ticketing. Like Damien, uh, you've seen massive impact on your business. So what do the scenarios look like for you now? Welcome, by the way, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Great to be here. Um, look, real tough. We uh, At the start of COVID, we lost 97% of our revenue Jeez. across our global business. So, uh, you know, you go from hero to zero very quickly and... Um, you know, we're now back, what, sort of 10 months into it, we're now back to making money uh, just, but making money on the back of having, you know, the, as Damien said, the good support from JobKeeper and the fact that, the you know, our, our ticker tech uh, is leading the charge for us. Some of our, you know, our many promoting businesses have not made a dollar, not one dollar, uh, since COVID started because, you know, they make their money when, when tours go on. So, you know, it's been a damn tough time. But, look, the outlook... Yeah, you know, it's getting better. Um, there's a lot of inconsistency about you know in the market, inconsistency between states and Australia. Um, you know, our New Zealand ticketing businesses, uh, you know, on the back of us uh, controlling cost, on the back of um, you know New Zealand having a having had a really good result, it's it's back to pretty much normal running. Um, so that that's fine, but Australia is coming back, but it's still going to take some time. And you know, it sounds trite to say, but the the, the COVID, you know, the real COVID point of difference is, you know, people like Damien and, and us can, you know, we if we knew the, knew when it was going to get back to normal, we could plan, but we can't plan because we don't and we don't know when it's going to get back to normal. And um, the fact in our industry, the content, certainly in the, say, the concert world, which is a big driver of our revenue, um, that content emanates in the main out of the US and the UK. Both of those countries remain basket cases. Uh, with COVID, and that that is not a good thing. But we are getting there. We've invested a lot in Australian content, and we start from March this year a series of Australian, uh, both outdoor shows and arena shows, all of which have sold really well. 
the trending we're seeing in ticket sales is 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 quite quite interesting, and we can talk more about that. But look, the outlook uh, I think is um, cautiously optimistic, but we've got a long, long way to go. Uh, and our industry, a lot of you know, our industry, uh, I don't think you know it gets the share of voice we should have. Um, and we're trying to rectify that, but uh, you know, we, uh, the live entertainment industry has been as badly hurt as the, you know, the tourism, the travel, the tourism industry, and the the travel sector, if not worse. And there are a lot of sole traders in there that we depend on to do what we do, um, and uh, it's it's been really tough. But you know, we're we're batting away. And uh, we're, we're doing our best. So I, just in terms of the content you talk about, it's very similar to Damien, really, when the, in reliance on offshore. Uh, what are you looking at, Jeff, in terms of those those events and concerts? I think we talked earlier, you, you got Guns and Roses and a few other things happening. Last year, you know, a real revelation was, was um, what I call the you know, the exhibition sector. So the Van Gogh exhibition uh, at, in Sydney at the um, Royal Hall of Industries. I think it sold more than 270,000 tickets phenomenally good good product but phenomenally well supported because it showed that people wanted to get out there and do stuff we've got a range of australian artists starting with sunset sounds up at uh, the hunter valley in march which is is uh, sold very very strongly so we're delighted with that we then got delta goodrum's our first arena tour amy shark on sale in the middle of the year guy sebastian in november all of those are selling really strongly. We took a punt in November last year and, and put Guns N' Roses on sale for November this year. We're delighted to say that has sold really strongly. Keith Urban's doing 11 arenas in December of uh, this year and that sold really well. So the prospects are strong. It's coming back. The public appetite, I'm really interested in both of you saying the same thing here. Uh, there's pent-up demand. Uh, there's desire by the public to want to get out, be entertained. Is that just what you're seeing in terms of the behaviour through sales, Jeff, or have you got have you done some research? What's the sentiment you're picking up on there? And I'll ask Damien the same thing in terms of the preparedness for people to get back out. What I would say, you know, and, you know, these are frameworks you see from the, you know, the ticker textile. So the MCG Boxing Day test against India that, that does second best next to an Ashes game, that didn't sell out. And what does that say? Well, it says that the Victorian public weren't quite ready, in my view. You couldn't get people in from interstate because of travel restrictions. Sales for Melbourne, which is a, such a strong market, or Victoria is such a strong market for live entertainment, are really, really strong, you know, for, for uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and Keith and these, you know, and guys, all these acts later in the year. So I think they're, you know, after their very long lockdown, they're, they're getting their confidence back. Uh, Damien, in terms of, so Jeff's, you know, seen some, some interesting signals. The same for movies, do you think, and, and, and or the cinema, I should say? Uh, people are comfortable with this and, and are wanting to get out? Yeah, we've seen it um, state by state. So particularly Western Australia and South Australia, when we go back to, say, the September school holidays last year, they were up around 50% year on year, whereas somewhere in Sydney, which still was concerned about the COVID virus uh, and the cinemas were open, the, the attendance was down around 30% year on year. So there's definitely a... There's a factor in here that is what I would call COVID confident and, and the more that there's zero community transmission, the, the more that people are willing to go out and do more things. And I think we're seeing that in general life in a whole lot of ways. Um, what, what enthuses me really is that, that some of the numbers on the movies that we've had, such as 
Wonder Woman, the great numbers we've had on the dry that I spoke about, um, definitely show if the content is there, people will come out as well. So it's, it's, it is an ongoing thing that we're grappling with. And, and as we said, the recovery is not as quick. But I also think with people in general, when you haven't been able to do things for a long time, people really want to react the other way. So I, I kind of c- concur with Jeff on that, that, you know, I think we're all putting our hope globally in this vaccine that we can get these numbers down and get back to some kind of normalcy as quick as possible. I guess a lot of people are asking me about our segment of certainly a lot of movies have been pushed back. In fact, we've probably lost the best part of, you know, a year and a half of of movies being released. So we do have a strong stockpile. But there's also been a lot of production that's been going on in various levels and we've read a lot about it in Australia here of, you know, Baz Luhrmann doing his Elvis Presley movie and um, a couple of the other big features, um, Chris Hemsworth doing another Thor movie down here. So there is going to be a nice stockpile of first release movies that are coming down the pipeline in the next um, two to three years, which I think will be really, really good for our industry. On that front, uh, Damien, we talked earlier about this, The you know, we're talking about consumer behaviour. Uh, we're also seeing big changes from some of the studios. HBO, we talked about dumping all its movies into, into streaming and not having the windowing strategy for cinema. Lots of talk about that continuing uh, post-COVID. What sort of competitive threats does that look like for, for cinema chains if some of these studios start releasing, uh, you know, day and date, as they say, uh, with streaming services, for instance? What does all that mean for you, do you think? Is it, is it a worry? Look, it's a bit of a concern. I think what we've seen here is there is a streaming wars going on that, you know, Netflix had a lot of clear air globally for a long time and particularly in the US. And then Disney moved to release Disney+. Plus. You've now got HBO Max, which is the Warner Brothers one. You've also got Peacock, which is an NBC Universal one. So these studios are grappling with this balance about building a home entertainment and direct-to-consumer business along with the traditional model, which is the first window and the most lucrative window has always been exhibition. And in 2019, uh, before COVID struck, globally, um, the box office was 42.5 billion US dollars, a record level. So I, I think studios need to find their water level and the right relationship. In the short term, we're inheriting from the US some interesting negotiations with studios. Um, I must say, you know, in terms of our business and our business has been around for over 100 years, there's always been a reliance on our landlords and on on our studios. Um, Our landlords have certainly assisted us through this. Uh, The studios haven't exactly been um, bending over backwards to help us and um, that's been a bit frustrating. It's also a, a signal that we're in a a global business with this as well. So what's really happening in Hollywood, we're, we're kind of inheriting down in this territory here. But we've had some great examples down here. Um, Wonder Woman was a bit of a flop in the US. That went day and date with HBO Max. Um, our numbers here have been quite strong. That released to premium video um, on demand 30 days after release. Normally that's 90 days or something, isn't it, DK, in Australia? Is that right? That's right. So there is, you know, certainly, you know, and I've been open on this. Um, I'm in, in the current environment we find ourselves, you know, we're doing COVID business deals, I would call them. 
and, and we need content to put bums on seats to keep our cinemas open and to pay our employees. So, you know, when, when, when hopefully by July the release slate gets back to normal, we're going to have a big movie almost every week and, and the shoe's going to be on the other foot because the studio is going to be coming to us asking us for, for more screens, etc. So it is a, a, an economic negotiation, a commercial nego- negotiation and at the moment they're holding a few more cards than us but things will turn around. And I reckon you might just remember that in a few months, uh, Damien Keogh, what, uh, who's got the cards and who may have the cards. <laughs> I haven't got a short memory, that's for sure. <laughs> the other implication from the streaming stuff, though, of course, is that you've had a few tri- very interesting trials in, in, uh, about what you might do beyond Hollywood. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's interesting and um, we, we've put a lot more retro content, diverse content. We've talked to two other streaming bodies like like Stan and the likes about uh, content and what they're doing with that. So our our model will evolve into the future, but quite excited we're trialling something in Sydney in February and March with a great um, cover band called the Neverending 80s Band who will actually perform live in the cinema. We've got an incredible interactive um, quiz game that people can play on their mobiles and um, we'll be watching Dirty Dancing. So... What more do people want to be entertained? <laughs> it's an 80s flashback of dancing. That sort of stuff, it's landed, it's doing okay? You're getting, you're getting good numbers that tell you it's going to be, it might be something? Oh, it'll take a little while to build, but we're, we're pretty confident we'll get a nice support for it, yeah. And uh, do we talk about the fact that you may do even TV series in the cinema? Is that something that um, is a possibility? Absolutely. I think, you know, we're, we're evaluating our whole content strategy moving forward and, and, and as things evolve, I think what we're, what we recognise is the cinema is an out-of-home social activity and, and people go there and they want to watch content that is relevant to them. And while it'll always be dictated largely by the blockbuster and the first release movie, there's certainly a big appetite for people to go and see things with like-minded people. So, Jeff, uh, Damien talked about some of the changes, the big potential differences that he may have to do with his business in, in coming years because of streaming and consumer behaviour. Anything sort of structurally change about your business and concerts and exhibitions or is it just getting back to a free-flowing uh, environment? Is this is a change going to come as a result of this? Yeah, look, there'll be some change. You know, the, the, the initial thing we were worried about was the cost to the promoter of, you know, what, you know, COVID, COVID uh, restrictions and, uh, you know, uh, extra staffing to get people into the venue. That is, you know, it's still, a, it's still a concern because someone's got to pay for that and invariably the venue doesn't. They pass that on to the promoter. So that's a bit of a, a concern there. But um, I think that's been, you know, not negated to an extent, but it's sort of been absorbed. Insurance is a massive issue now going forward uh, for artists. Many of you know the artists who are the highest selling and the most profitable, you know, are artists in their seventies who, you know, artists in their seventies have issues from time to time. So that's a potential thing going forward. But look, our company in you know, Australia is a you know, highly desired touring market for for concerts. It's a great sporting mar- market, and uh, you know, I know myself and our, our various teams in the in the content businesses are. You know, we we are really excited about what's down the track in terms of big international sporting sporting teams come, you know, wanting to come here. Yeah, you know, we're we're not. You know, to be frank, we're not looking to to do that until 2022 now. But we've got a great pipeline of 22, 23, up to even 29 in some instances. I see it really hotting up. All things being equal, October, November, December, uh, January, February, March will be really big. 
a big six months for for music and uh, in this country and New Zealand, which is great. But look, I think there's something about you know the the live you know a bit like Damien's business. People love going to the movies still, but in you know there is nothing like the live environment for uh, for entertainment and and the fans will come out. They will um, you know they, they they want to enjoy it. You cannot replicate the live experience. So all of that aside, very quick uh, quick question I got to ask you Jeff is that apart from all those obvious bits around entertainment events and so forth, you have a you have a burgeoning data and analytics business. Now the 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 hint here I guess is you've got 25 million customers uh, through via Ticket Tech. So maybe there's a hint here about what you why you're going into data and analytics. What is that about? Look, we've been doing it. It's been a journey. We've been we've had our, we established TG Analytics just over five years ago, and uh, you know we've got a, da- a very rich database, not of 25 million. I wish it was for Ticket Tech Australia, but we've got a very strong database. We protect that database, um, you know, very carefully. But that database is about creating analytics, um, you know, and on customer customer behaviour in order for us to um, you know take risk on tours and order us for us to pass it on to our clients and stakeholders and customers so that we we ultimately and you know it's the the raison d'etre of what what we do is to sell more tickets to more events so you know it's a uh, you know analytics is a you know really important part of what we do the way you know advertising is changing market the same way that you know all the disruption in uh, in Damien's industry this you know it's changing in our industry but data analytics is here to stay and that's the way we connect with people now in order you know um, both uh, in order for them to come to know about shows and connect and come to them Damien, you'd have a similar view, but I've got to, before we wrap up, I've got to ask both of you um, on that customer data and so forth. We're having this big, huge, uh, ferocious fight at the moment with, uh, with obviously the, the tech giants and the, and the federal government. Uh, Damien, any thoughts on how that might play out? What's your hunch on how this will play out? Oh, look, everything I'm seeing, I, I'm not seeing the government move on their stance and I'd be very, very surprised if Google would give up their $4.5 billion of advertising in this market. So um, they might be talking tough at the moment, but I can see some kind of deal coming down the side of that that probably is going to make sense for everyone involved. Jeff, your view? Yeah, similar view to Damien. I reckon there's a standoff there and I don't think anyone, you know, the government don't seem to be budging and I'd be happy for it to be, uh, you know, sorted out and, um, you know, legitimised. But so I'm pretty firmly in that camp. Damien, you've obviously been in the ad business a bit. How, what's your final take, ad market and, you know, cinema advertising, so forth? Uh, what's your sense on that? Yeah, really encouraged the bounce back of the media market um, back quarter of 2020. I, I think it was a good result for the industry. And I think there's a lot of, as long as there's not COVID shutdowns, this year, I think there's probably some pent up money and, and, and the economy's in reasonable shape. So I, I think we'll see good growth across major medias in, in 2021. Um, our outdoor business is, is going very well, um, which is encouraging in, in retail and um, petro convenience and, and fitness. Um, cinema is actually you know, about on, on, on par with where box office is, and we would expect that that kind of relationship will continue. So as box office picks up, that will recover. We spent a lot of time with senior agency and client people before Christmas and really encouraged that, you know, they know we've done it tough. Um, I think they'll support us uh, at a time when we're ready to be supported again. So, um, you know, cinema advertising is, as we know, is one of the most powerful forms of captive advertising and engagement advertising you can do these days. And, um, you know, I'm sure that the industry will support us once the box office is back there. 
Jeff, final one from you. You're an astute media industry observer. What's your thoughts on where all the media mashup is going between television networks, digital players, out of home, newspapers? Like, you know some stuff. You know more than you can let, let on, I assume. But um, let's try and see if we can get there. Yeah, look, it, it's a, a daily changing uh, order of battle, daily changing you know, what's going on. It's hard to keep up with it, actually. But it's but it's exciting. I think there's, there's so many good things happening and... Uh, the way it's evolving here is, uh, is, you know, there's camps, you know, that have always been camps forming, but it's, uh, I just think it's, you know, the whole thing is extremely exciting, but very hard to predict. Well, gents, I'm going to let you uh, run your businesses and, uh, and I look forward to uh, wrap up in the second half to see whether all this comes true. So stay safe and, and uh, good luck with the next six. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's moi in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.